This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. The time that oh, we're yeah. talking about is almost the entirety oh, yeah. of the bull, the bull run that we've been on for, for the oh, 11 yes. years. Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. No, we, we had some discussions about that because wow. in 2008, 2009, she was 14, 15, 16 years old, and she was kind of concerned that... Uh, mom and dad might not really understand what was going on in the stock market. It looked pretty scary, wow. uh, but we kept her with it. And I think she was maximizing her Roth IRA every year from 2010 up through today. So that's nine years right there. The show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids & Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill. And today we're talking about how we can help our kids become future millionaires. Yes, you heard me, millionaires. In the past on the show, we've discussed the power of compound interest for our own retirement portfolios, but what if we harness that power for our kids? Well, today on the show, I've invited Logan Alec to talk to us about how we can do this with a Roth IRA. Yes, Logan is a CPA, real estate investor, a full-time personal finance blogger, and after spending nearly 10 years helping big businesses save money in his role as a tax advisor, he launched his site Money Done Right with the mission to help everybody make more money, save more money, and grow more money. His financial expertise has been featured in major national publications like NBC News, Market Watch, and USA Today. And he's a young parent as well. Welcome to the show, Logan. Hey, Andy. It's great to be here. Awesome, man. Well, so we're going to help our kids uh, become millionaires today. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. I'm, I'm definitely going to learn a lot. So let, let's start off with the like the nitty gritty, right? What is a Roth IRA? Well, a Roth IRA is uh, is an investment account that the government basically gives um, you tax benefits for. You put money into a Roth IRA, you don't get a tax deduction this year, but the money in that Roth IRA, if it's invested, it grows over time. That growth is tax-free. And um, once you start taking it out after age 59 and a half, you can take out those distributions tax-free as well. So it really is truly tax-free growth. If you can keep that money in the account for the next few decades. <laughs> right. That's the trick, right? Well, yeah. so, so how can we use this this tool, the Roth IRA, to help my kid become a millionaire? Well, you know, the great, the great thing about um, a Roth IRA for kids is for adults, you often have to make this decision between contributing to a traditional IRA versus a Roth IRA, right? Because with the traditional IRA, you get the tax benefit now. Well, your child, who probably isn't making a whole lot of money, doesn't really need uh, and he's probably going to pay no income tax. Um, it doesn't really need that tax break now. So the Roth IRA is, um, you know, in many circumstances, a no-brainer. And you know, when we say the Roth IRA can make your kid a millionaire, you know, there's some assumptions there based on future growth rates and all that, but they're nothing crazy. You know, let's say you start paying your kid, you know, fifteen twenty bucks a week to help you in, let's say, your business or something like that, starting at age nine or ten. That's about 900 bucks a year. And that, let's say that amount increases by 100 bucks a year, you know, all the way through their, through their 18. And let's say they can contribute all those earnings into their Roth IRA. Well, if you kind of do the math, 
And you assume uh, an 8% rate of return, you know, until they're age 70, which might be, you know, sound a little high to some folks, but, um, you know, who, who knows what the future may bring. You know, just doing that math, just from that amount they put in their Roth IRA through their, throughout their childhood, they're going to end up with the Roth IRA over uh, over a million dollars by the time they're 70. So, you know, granted, a million dollars 60 years from now might not be what a million dollars is today. But still, you know, that's the math. Well, so but that's them stopping at 18, like you said. So they're just investing while they're while they're children, essentially, and then they get the million. So I can only imagine where it would be if they continued that habit of investing and taking uh, advantage of compound interest. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would be multi, multi, multi millionaires if they kept that habit up throughout their lives. So, you know, this is truly making your child a millionaire, maybe not now, but in the future, just for pushing them along this path while they're still living under your roof. But that's what it is. I mean, that's these are the secrets, my friends. It's not going to be the lottery, and it's not going to be some new app that they're going to develop. This this is a surefire way to make it happen for your children in the future. So I'm a big fan of that. Uh, so let's let's talk about um, maybe some of the rules that we got to follow on here. You mentioned that maybe your child could work for your business. What are some rules that we need to be aware of when we're investing uh, for our kids for a Roth IRA? Well, the number one rule to keep in mind is that the child must have earned income and they can only contribute to their Roth IRA up to that earned income amount. So, um, and you know, if you're paying your child, you have to pay them a reasonable amount. You can't pay them $100 an hour to file papers or something like that. And of course, the Roth IRA for everybody has an annual contribution limit. For 2019, that's $6,000. You know, those are the major things to keep in mind. As as you know, and probably a lot, of, a lot of the listeners know, there are income limits on who can contribute to a Roth IRA. But because this is your child, who probably isn't making a six figure income, uh, you know, as a, as a teenager, probably don't have to worry about those rules unless unless he or she's a movie star. Um, so, well, let's talk about those income limits. So, if my kid, let's say they make five hundred bucks and they're whatever ten years old or something like that. Do I have to file taxes for them? How does that work? Um, you know, they they actually don't have to file a tax return if they're you know making under that you know standard deduction amount. The exception would be if you were paying them as an employee, which may or may not make sense. I mean, typically it probably wouldn't make sense, and you you actually withheld taxes on them. Maybe they file that return to to get those taxes back. But you know, someone making five hundred dollars that's underneath the standard deduction uh, amount. They wouldn't even have to file. Um, a tax return. Now, you know, of course, in this in this show, you know, we're not giving tax advice. We're not giving investment advice. You know, this is just informational. Talk to your tax advisor. But many tax advisors would say that you should at least document somehow that you paid this child some money. You know, some tax advisors are a little more, you know, aggressive. They want to show a 1099, and then okay, does the kid have to file? You know, some tax advisors say no. You don't really have to. You don't even have to file at 1099 for that. Um, you know, for that child you know, they don't have to file taxes anyway. So, um, you know, before you jump on any of this stuff, make sure you talk to your own tax advisor. Completely agree, Logan. Th- this, these types of conversations, everybody, this is to inspire uh, conversation. It is for entertainment purposes only. If you are interested in what we're talking about today, definitely go meet with a professional that somebody knows your specific situation. Logan and I are talking in generic terms right now. And, you know, your situation is going to be different from anybody else that we're talking about. So very good point, Logan. Uh, let's talk about, you, you mentioned the traditional IRA, why that wouldn't work. So it's because they're essentially 
there, there's no real deduction that they're looking to have because they're not making $6,000 a year or, 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 and that's the real difference there. But what about, what about something like a UTMA? Why wouldn't we do a UTMA versus a Roth IRA, something like that? Well, you know, this, this is of course case by case, but I'll just give you a few things to think about. Um, you know, if you have a UGMA, uh, UTMA account, you know, that'll count as a, as your child's asset for financial aid purposes. You know, retirement assets uh, are typically not. So, you know, that's something to think of. Now, if you're a, a multi, you know, bazillionaire or something like that, you don't, you know, you don't care about financial aid because your kid's not going to get any anyway. You know, uh, that's that's not really, really something to consider. You know, another thing to consider is that the Roth IRA has those income tax benefits. It's tax-free growth over time. You know, a UGMA, UG, uh, UTMA might not, you know, doesn't have that type of a benefit. So, but of course, with the with the UGMA, uh, UTMA, you do have more flexibility, right? Uh, because to enjoy the tax benefits of a Roth IRA, you can't, you know, take out the growth, the earnings. You can take out the contributions, you know, anytime tax free, but you can't take out the earnings until you're 59 and a half, or you'll pay tax on it and pay a 10% penalty. UGMA, UTMA, you know, there aren't th- those kinds of restrictions. So it's really a case by case thing. But if you really are looking to set up your child, you know, not just for when he, he or she is in his 20s and 30s, but when he or she is in his 60s and 70s, for, for many folks, I think the Roth IRA would be the, the smart choice if your child has earned income. But of course, that's another restriction on the Roth. The child needs to have earned income and the amount that's contributed. So obviously with UGMA, UGMA, there are more, you know, more can be, uh, you know, put in into that account. So yeah, I think that's a really um, good distinction. You're saying, hey, if you want to save for their future for retirement, the 60s and 70s, a Roth IRA is great. If you want to do some sort of gift or something like that, maybe the UTMA makes more sense for their 20s and 30s or something like that. But all right. So, Logan, uh, we talked a little bit about traditional IRA, Roth IRA, UTMA. One question that popped up in my mind as we're going through this is it better for me, or I guess generally, this is more of a general question, for people to focus on getting their kids through college than worried about their retirement in their 60s and 70s? I guess, how do you balance that as a parent? You're a parent, so how, how do you balance that? You know, with the with like a 529 plan and things like that, there obviously, if you, if you put money into a 529 plan, that's, you know, that growth, uh, you know, won't be taxed if you take it out for, uh, you know, educational purposes, which is a huge tax benefit. But then you also got to think, well, the child, first of all, would have to go to college, right? And, you know, maybe your kids are real smarty and he or she has a lot of, uh, you know, gets a lot of scholarships and things like that. You know, what do you do with that 529? I mean, you you, you could, you know, change the beneficiary to another child or maybe your kid's going to go to grad school. Maybe you change it to yourself, right? If you want to go pursue uh, some graduate degree or even some classes, right? But, you know, there is kind of that thing, that thing to keep in mind, right? Like, what if, what if we don't, don't need to use it for, for educational purposes. But on the other hand, you know, apart from tragic circumstances, everybody's going to retire at some point, you know, and, you know, everybody could, you know, most people could use uh, an extra, extra money in retirement. So, you know, but the other thing is, look, you can use the Roth IRA as a, as a college savings vehicle, you know, if you need it, right. Cause you can take out, you know, what you put in, you know, that's another way to kind of look at it, but really it's really just balancing. I think people, you know, they should do both, but keep in mind the Roth IRA, you're not going to be able to fund that thing ten thousand dollars a year you know fifteen thousand like there's a limit on it the the statutory limit of six thousand dollars in 2019 and then also the limit of how much your kid made your kid might only make a thousand dollars right 
So um, it doesn't have to be a, an either either or thing. It can be a both and, right? Your kid makes $1,500. Okay, maybe that goes into the Roth IRA or may, maybe give a little to him or her to spend, right? You know, but, you know, that goes in the Roth IRA. Let's say it's a thousand bucks. Okay, well, you know, depending on your financial situation, you probably have a bit more, you know, during the year to, st- to stash away for your kid's education. And, you know, that that can be done at that point. So, you know, I don't think those are conflicting things, but I think because the tax benefits of a Roth IRA are are so great. You know, if, uh, if the circumstances are right and your kid has some earned income, you know, might as well take advantage of that. And then on top of that, contribute to, um, you know, educational plans. I think that's great. It's good, good to know the differences between all of them and how they can benefit your kids in the future. Uh, you mentioned something to make sure the kids are having fun. They're earning this money. Let's, let's let them have some fun with it. So let's say, right. let's say the parents are doing pretty well and they say, well, maybe I just want to contribute to their Roth IRA. How could that work? Well, uh, you know, the, tr- they, the, the parents can't uh, contribute beyond the amount that the child has earned income. So, you know, even if the parents make millions of dollars a year, if the kid hasn't earned anything, they can't, you know, they can't, uh, uh, there could be no Roth contribution for the child at that time. I mean, you know, maybe, uh, you know, this is kind of a, another kind of a area you want to talk with your tax advisor uh, with, but, you know, let's say, let's say your child makes a thousand bucks and they spend a thousand bucks. Well, he had earned income. What the parents has put in a thousand bucks. I mean, many tax professionals are, are comfortable with that. You know, the child does have earned income, but that's not one of those situations where you'd want to talk to a professional um, about it. Cause there's not, um, you know, necessarily, uh, strict guidance on that at this point. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the earned income side of things because we want to make sure we're doing it uh, the right way. What are some ways that young kids can have an earned income uh, as they as they grow? You said maybe being involved in the business and let, let's talk a little bit about that. What what are some ideas for parents to consider for their kids to have an earned income as they're young? Yeah, so I've been kind of starting chronologically, you know, obviously as a baby or an infant or a toddler there's probably not apart from, you know, modeling or something like that. You know, but as they get older and and you know the child's mental capacities expand, they're you know simple tasks that everyone needs done in their business. You know, for example, uh, I think I mentioned like filing paperwork and things like that. You know, maybe you have a rental property and you know you have you bring a kid over there to help you clean it, or you know maybe they're getting a little older now, they can do like you know spreadsheets or like you know respond to maintenance requests and and things like that. I mean, I would just say, you know, depending on your business it, it can be anything, but I would just say, look, what are the kind of the lowest level tasks you do in your business? The kind of tasks that you might hire out to a VA right now, right? Mm-hmm. And think, okay, well, yeah, I might be able to get this VA in the Philippines, for, you know, for really cheap, but you know, I might be willing to pay my kid kind of the, the standard US wage for that work because at the end of the day he or she will be benefiting from it. So, you know, I say, you know, when they're young, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, you know, that kind of age, preteen, think of kind of that low level work they can do. But then when they enter junior high, high school, they might have some legitimate skills. Uh, maybe that's, you know, uh, they've taken maybe a coding class or something. And, you know, if you have a website, they could do some of that development work or, you know, maybe they're a really good writer. They could do marketing for your business. So, you know, it's really anything. Uh, but you do. The important thing is, you know, you, you can't pay them some crazy wage for, for the work they're doing. It, it, it has to basically be what you'd pay, you know, another person in, in your geographical area. So not, for a, not a thousand dollars for uh, taking out the garbage at the house or anything like that. Yeah, no, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> it, 
yeah, you, like, you know, you have a home office or something and yeah, the kid cleaned the house today, you know, that's, you know, 500 bucks. It's like, well, <laughs> you know, unless you have a mansion, but you know, your home office prize in the whole house. So, I mean, you know, just be reasonable. I mean, you kind of know if, if this is kind of crossing the line and, and if you're not, if you're honestly not sure, you know, ask your tax pro about it. Absolutely. So have you gone through this process for your child or is this something you guys are doing at home? Uh, no, my child is, uh, my only child is six weeks old. Oh, so, okay. Six uh, <laughs> weeks old. Okay. Yeah. That would be pretty early. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I haven't won any modeling contracts yet. So it'd be, uh, it'd be pretty tough to, uh, <laughs> for the baby to have earned income. But, you know, one thing I, I've, one, one thing here that, um, you know, popped into my mind, and this is another thing you want to talk to your tax professional about, but I, um, I was talking to another tax pro who works a lot with influencers, like social media influencers and things like that. And one of his clients, um, you know, she, she, she posts a lot on Instagram and most of the stuff she's posting is her, her kid, you know, it's that cute face her, that's getting the, getting the clicks and the, uh, you know, she's earning some affiliate revenue and you know, the, the baby's very young. It's, uh, you know, under a year old, but it's like baby clothes and like that. So he, he was contemplating, you know, recommending, well, pay this kid, you know, <laughs> that's something you want to talk to your tax pro about as well sure. to see kind of what, what's appropriate there and how they feel about that Absolutely. Uh, position. I think we've caveated it quite a bit today, everybody. So make sure you speak with your tax <laughs> yeah. pro about the specific situation because it is tricky and everybody's situation is different. Depends on what type of work your kid's doing, how they're doing it, how they're getting paid, how you're documenting it. These are all very important things to do if you're ever considering a Roth IRA for your kids. Logan, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for walking through this with us. Where can people connect with you and learn more about you? You know, my site, my website is called moneydoneright.com. Um, that's the best place to find me and to learn more about me and what I'm up to. Excellent. Well, Logan, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. A great topic, and hopefully it'll inspire some people to not only contribute to their kids' Roth IRA, but also to speak their tax professional to make sure they're doing it in the right manner. So thanks a lot, man. Yeah, sure, Andy. Of course. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. 
Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for taking time to consider our sponsors, everybody. Let's jump back into the show. All right, we are back. Thank you, Logan, so much for walking us through the technical details and benefits of the Roth IRA. Now we are going to talk to a father who's actually put the Roth IRA to use for his daughter. We have Doug Nordman here with us today. Doug is the author of The Military Guide to Financial Independence and Retirement and the founder of the website The Military Guide. After serving 20 years of active duty in the U.S. Navy, Doug retired in 2002 at the age of 41. Doug's financial expertise has been featured in major national publications like Market Watch, Business Insider, and CBS News, and I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to speak with him today. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks, Andy. I've enjoyed your other episodes, especially the couple that are moving to Hawaii from England. Oh, you you, you know what? Maybe you Am can I? hang out with them. They're good people. <laughs> what well, depends what island they choose. They just have to look me up when they get here. I like it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send this right over their way as soon as we're done Absolutely. here. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, Doug, when did you start talking to your daughter about money? Oh, gosh. We've uh, probably talked with her uh, as soon as she was able to understand our, our, our vocabulary about it. I'd say we probably began around age two. You know, As soon as she stopped putting money in her mouth, we felt like she was old enough to handle it. <laughs> and and so you just talk about it. You know, We're at the grocery store, and we give the cashier money, and here's how we pay for food, and here's the money we have in our budget. That's great. So it started even at the grocery store, and then as she got older, did you guys do some sort of chores or allowance or or money that she that she had on her own just for doing things around the house how did that work oh, oh gosh yes uh, as soon as she was uh, three four years old we started an allowance and, and the whole idea is not to enrich your kids or to turn them into savers as much as it's just to teach them how to take care of money mm-hmm. they have to manage money before they know how to save it or invest it and so we started giving her an allowance uh, at the age of three or four i don't remember exactly when uh, we also read books that really gave valuable advice. Uh, one of the favorite ones, it's a classic now, is uh, David Owen's First National Bank of Dad. And in there, he talks about how kids uh, basically think their parents are crazy. Uh, the parents uh, take their money away from the kids and they never give it back to them. Or, or they save for this thing called the college fund, which is like three lifetimes away when you're a six-year-old. So the whole idea is to align the kids' financial motives with yours, and David Owens used to do it by bribing them, essentially. He'd ask them if they wanted to deposit their allowance in the bank of dad, Mm. and the bank of dad paid a ridiculous sum of money. If I remember right, it was something like a nickel per dollar per month. Mm. 
I mean, it made a lot of sense to everybody wants to invest with a bank of debt. And so we did something similar with our daughter. I think we started her off with a penny per dollar per month, but we taught her how to manage money. And then we'd also read books that would uh, really rev up her imagination. There was a great book I remember in kindergarten called If You Made a Million. And it was just a kid's book, but it showed what a million was and what a million dollars looked like. And it asked you to imagine what you could do with that. So all the way back as early as preschool, she was getting an allowance and learning how to manage money. But you get an allowance in our family just for being a good member of the family, for doing your chores. Again, the whole idea here is to get kids to manage money. And David Owen talks about how it gets kind of scary early on. They're running around the house with money, and they really have no idea what they're doing, and they're going to make mistakes. And he tries to tell parents to think of it as giving kids a $20 bill and having them light it on fire and wave it around the house, and that's how they learn by making those mistakes. So once she learned how to handle an allowance, then we started adding in the idea of jobs. And jobs are a good deal, right? You get money for jobs, but you can only do jobs after you've done all your chores. Once you've done all your chores, now you can earn the extra money from jobs. And so we've always tried to give her a financial motive to have her want to earn money, get more money, save her money, invest her money, whatever she wanted to do with it. That's great. That's great. Now, it sounds like you did this very early on in our life. Was this something that your parents did for you so you knew these tactics or is this just something you you pulled into your life? How did that all work? I wish. Uh, this was not discussed in my family growing up. Uh, money, as with many American kids in the 60s and 70s, money was a topic that you just didn't discuss because it was rude. It was invading your privacy. Uh, and you might have heard of the, the, the term revenge parenting. Where no, you're raising kids. Oh, you're raising your kids better than you were raised? <laughs> and, and when our daughter was born, we realized we really should have some idea for her on how to learn how to manage money. And so we looked for those books, and we found them, and we read them, and we used them. Uh, and again, we wanted to help her avoid making the same mistakes we had made with money when we were younger and get her off to a good start. Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, so let's talk about the Roth IRA. When did that come in? Sure. What age did you start the Roth IRA for her, and how did that all work? Well, in Hawaii, uh, a teenager can get a work permit when they turn 14. And she had spent many years before this going to a tutoring service called Kumon. It's like Sylvan Learning Centers on the mainland. And so she'd been learning math and reading at Kumon, but the Kumon franchise owner had been dropping a lot of hints that when Carol was 14 years old, that she'd be ready to get a job at Kumon. And uh, I'm afraid that Miss Amy ruined the market for us parents because Carol started earning something like 7 or $8 an hour. It was way more than we could <laughs> afford to pay our child labor. But the day she turned 14, she got a work permit, she got her W-2, she started earning an income. And then the following January or February, I think it was, we started her Roth IRA. You know, she had a birthday in October and we started a few months after that because she finally had enough savings. I can't remember, I don't think she maximized her contributions the first couple of years. Uh, if I remember right, we had to start the Roth IRA the second year, you know, in January. Mm -hmm. That way we could make a contribution for the previous year with some of the current year's income. But it all works out on the income tax return. And we made sure to declare the amount of money that she earned from not just her job, but also from working around the house and, and all the other jobs she did. And she helped, she helped manage a, a rental property we owned, things like that. So you want to give your kids as much money as possible to put into that Roth IRA, however you can legally and, and ethically do it. And, and we did that. And I think she was uh, putting all of her employment income into her Roth IRA. Uh, and I remember the discussion back then was, yes, I know you want to have some fun with some of this money, but for every dollar you put into that Roth IRA, we'll match you up until uh, the limit that you're allowed to have for contributing to it. And we kept that up, kept it up during high school. She kept it up during college with the money she was earning at part-time at college. And of course, once she 
graduated from college and got herself a job. She kept it up during her working career. That's incredible. And how old is she today? Uh, she's in her late 20s now. Okay. Uh, she just finished her five years of service of active duty in the Navy, mm-hmm. and she just this month transferred to the Navy Reserve. So she's been contributing to her IRA and to her military 401k the whole time, all of her working years since college. Do you have an idea of what the accumulation was from the age 14 to where she is now on the Roth IRA side of things? Gosh, no. You know, I haven't asked. I'd have to I'd have to check in with her on that. I, I, whatever the maximum that you can contribute from, say, she's probably maxing out around yeah. 2008, 2009. Uh, and of course, in 2008, 2009, those dollars were buying a lot more shares than they are today. I was going to say that uh, it's got to be a it's got to be a great. I mean, that sounds like the the time that oh, we're yeah. talking about is almost the entirety oh, yeah. of the bull the bull run that we've been on for for the eleven oh, yes. years. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, no, we we had some discussions about that because wow. in 2008, 2009, she was 14, 15, 16 years old, and she was kind of concerned that uh, mom and dad might not really understand what was going on in the stock market. It looked pretty scary. Uh, wow. But we kept her with it, and I think she was maximizing her Roth IRA every year from 2010 up through today. So that's nine years right there. Oh, that very well could be a six-figure sum at this point. Then that's that's incredible. I mean, to start to start it your daughter's be. life out and in that fashion in her late 20s with, you know, with a head start, and a lot of people oh, are yeah. in a difficult spot. Potentially, we don't know how much she has, but potentially the amount is maybe <laughs> similar to a lot of folks that are in retirement or, or, or nearing retirement right now. It's in that, you know, low six figures oh. range, which is scary for a lot of people. So the oh, fact easily. that you've done that is, um, it's incredible. So uh, kudos for you on that. I, I'm so glad to talk to a father who's, who's I'm, I'm thinking about that for my kids too, but the the plan and seeing it all come to fruition is, is really inspiring. So very cool. And so you've talked about financial independence a lot, you know, with, on your mm-hmm. site and, and everything that you're doing. Is, does your daughter have uh, aspirations for financial independence? independence as well now? Good gosh. You know, we had financial independence when she was only nine and a half years old. That's when I retired from active duty. And so she's had to put up with this for two thirds of her life. And <laughs> and she, she gets it. She keenly understands financial independence. Uh, at one point, I mean, I joke about this, but at one point we had a deal where when she was in middle school and sitting at the bus stop waiting for the school bus, the deal was that I would not drive by in the car with a longboard strapped to the roof heading for the beach. <laughs> so she understands the lifestyle and and she's motivated and she can do the math. And, and one of the best things about the blog is she can refresh her memory and read that stuff anytime she wants to without having to listen to a lecture from dad. <laughs> and, and that information, it really does help a lot. She's got a high savings rate. She's committed to maximizing her retirement accounts and contributing even more to taxable accounts. She's got a pretty high savings rate from what she tells me. And I'm pretty sure that she's enjoying work, uh, leaving active duty for the Navy Reserve is a whole new life for her. And she's enjoying that and her husband and they're enjoying their career. But she knows financial independence, uh, it gives you choices. And she can decide if she wants to keep working or she can decide if she wants to do something else. That's incredible. And, you know, a big part of being in the military, you could probably educate us on this, is the benefits that come along with your service, right? I mean, you put in, you said 20 years and, and man, uh, early retirement was yours, not only probably from the, the pension that comes with it, but also from your savings. Is that right? That's that's true, but 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 before people start racing down to the recruiter's office, let me let me put in a disclaimer here that only one out of six people that joins the military actually makes it to twenty years to a retirement. Most people do one or two obligations and then get out of the military, but those one or two obligations, you know, the the six or the eight or the ten years you spend in the military. They give you life skills, and you do get some military benefits during the transition. If you if you're challenged and fulfilled, and you like what you're doing in the military, and you have a career there, and get to 20, well, that's great. You can reach financial independence easily with a military pension and a cheap healthcare. 
but you can also reach financial independence while you're on active duty, even before you get to the pension. I have a few readers who are big savers, and they email me and say, look, I'm at 15, 16 years of service. I know I could go to 20, but I'm already financially independent, and I'm ready to do something else. So can I work that out? And the answer is, oh, yeah. So it takes all skill levels and all types of savers in the military, and you don't have to go for the pension. You can do it with just the skills you get from from one obligation, you know, five and out, six and out, whatever that might be. That's incredible. So uh, the Roth IRA, you mentioned, I think you and I were chatting maybe on uh, Facebook chat. Uh, you said yeah. if you could have started earlier with the whole Roth IRA, you would have. That's something you might have changed. Oh, yeah. How would you have done that differently with her, um, you know, her starting at, I think you said Kumon at, at uh, age 14? Well, that was when she had a work permit and, and regular employment income. And if we had been thinking about doing ways to start earlier, we would have. Now, back then it was hard. This is 2006 when she started. It was hard to find a custodian for a Roth IRA for a minor. Uh, in fact, I argued for several years with Fidelity, and it wasn't until she turned 18 years old in 2010 that she could transfer her funds to Fidelity. Now, today, today they'll subcustody a Roth IRA for a minor. They, they, maybe, maybe it was me, but I think they finally recognized their demographic and their customers. And so we also had a high minimum. You had to have something incredible like $1,000. Uh, so today, if I was a, a brand new blogger or if I knew there was a way to pay her a reasonable sum of money for doing something, now, you know, clearly you're not going to pay a nine-month-old baby $6,000 a year. The IRS would probably catch on to that fairly quickly. But many child models get paid a, a photo appearance fee. Uh, many young kids can help with things like, well, for example, setting up your podcast gear or helping you edit the video. And older kids can work with the blog or writing tools or whatever they want to do. And any of that income, any of that income that you feel that they have earned income at, they can contribute to their Roth IRA. And and if there's not a minimum to make, you know, like a thousand dollars or three thousand dollars for some Vanguard funds, then it's a great deal. You can start that Roth IRA early. It's it's the compounding. I mean, the high savings rate is great, but if you're starting someone off in their middle school years, then by the time they're at college, they'll be in great financial shape as long as they can let that compound. Sure. All right. Well, there's somebody listening right now that says, you know, that's all well and good. You started at the beginning of this, you know, 2008, 2009 cent, and you've gone up 11 years in this bull run. I can't invest right now. It's at the tip of the market. I just can't do that. What, what advice would you have for them? I hear that all the time, and and I don't know if you've seen that 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 graphic that shows it's the top, and this time we really mean it. And there's like ten different peaks, right? And every every peak is higher than the last peak. Uh, every time that you're investing in a stock market is a scary time to invest. It's either in a recession, and there's no way you're going to invest because the market's going to zero, or it's a bull market, and there's no way you're going to invest because it's at the peak and it's going to collapse tomorrow. And the only advice I have is to take a long-term perspective. That's money you're not going to need for ten years. And in every 10-year period, ever since we've started taking data about the stock market, it has achieved a positive return. Now, those first eight years of that 10-year period might have been scary, but every 10-year period in the stock market, it has had a positive return, especially with reinvested returns. So I'd tell somebody, stop worrying about what the market's going to do tomorrow. Focus on your career. Focus on self-improvement. Focus on your education. Focus on promotions and earning more money. But keep investing. Put that investment in autopilot. Contribute as much as you can. You know, you're going to live frugally without depriving yourself, but you're going to contribute as much as you can. The higher your savings rate, the more it's going to compound. And it's all long-term money. You're not going to need this for at least 10 years. So you will earn a positive return on it. 
Absolutely. Well, you're setting yourself up for financial independence as well as your kid's future financial independence if you go through this Roth IRA route. So let's talk to a parent Absolutely. that's saying, hey, I'm really interested in this. Should they? What should they do? Should they call Fidelity? Should they call Vanguard? Things like this. Where's the best place for them to turn to, to take the first step? Like I said, back in 2006, we were using clay tablets and wooden styluses and carrier <laughs> pigeons. So it's it's way better now. It's a lot easier. I would just go with Vanguard or Fidelity or Schwab, one of the big three. They've all got good funds. They've got low expense ratios, and they've all got plenty of educational material there because the key here is to align your child's priorities with their financial incentives. So you've got to get them to invest, but you've also got them to leave the money in there and not cash it out for a really good party during their sophomore year in college. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Doug, this has been fantastic. It's um, inspired me a lot as a, as a father, and then hopefully the parents that are listening right now as well to Good. take action Thank and you. save for their kids for the future. So where can people connect with you and learn more about what you're doing? Uh, I blog at themilitaryguide.com, and right now you can enter that into a search engine, either Doug Nordman or The Military Guide, and you'll find the site. It's the-military-guide.com. Uh, I've also written the book, as you mentioned earlier, The Military Guide to Financial Independence and Retirement. Look for it at a library. Look for it on a military base at their library. Uh, you can also, you know, if you want a Kindle version of it, you got to buy it from Amazon, but you might find it free somewhere else before then. And I tell my readers, if you uh, got value from the book, you know, give it to a friend or give it to the library. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for taking the time with us, Doug. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate it. Advice from two knowledgeable Roth IRA sources, a seasoned CPA and a financially independent father that's helped his daughter create a six-figure sum for her future. Super cool. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversations with Logan Alec and Doug Nordman. Number one, earned income is a must. To contribute to a Roth IRA for your kids, they must have an earned income. Not your income, their income. Number two, start early. The earlier you start with investing for your kids' future retirement needs, the larger the sum will be. Compound interest is amazing. Take advantage of it, my friends. Number three, start money conversations early. I loved how Doug's lessons on money started early in his house. Financial responsibility, just like healthy eating or brushing your teeth or cleaning your room, is a learned behavior. It takes practice, and it takes a great role model. Logan and Doug, thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge with me and the Marriage Kids Money community. Your contribution today just may help one child out there become a future millionaire. And and that's pretty cool when you think about it. (laughs) As a quick reminder, everybody, this show is for entertainment purposes only, especially this one, guys. You want to make sure that you check with a professional. Remember, I am a dude that's sitting in his basement talking on a microphone with no financial credentials whatsoever. There's no three letters after my name. So make sure you speak to a professional about your specific financial situation. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, consider our sponsors, my friends, the College Investor and Emperor Investments. I'm able to do this show because of their financial support. So you checking out their sites would mean the world to me. So check out the College Investor at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash TCI and Emperor Investments at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Emperor. Please use those links so they know 
You heard it from me. And the second thing, subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. And then the last thing, number three, share this episode with a friend who has kids and wants them to become future millionaires. You can find this show and all the links and resources mentioned at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 145. That's session 145. And if you're new to the show, I would highly recommend you check out session 116, the 10 steps to young family wealth and happiness. You can find that at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. It is a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from W.E.B. Du Bois. Children learn more from what you are than what you teach. Here's to being a great role model. Carpe diem! Carpe diem!